Hey there and welcome to the latest episode of the Mind Body Health Podcast with myself, Dave Sheehan, high performance consultant and dedicated now for over 25 years, which is hard to believe, to educating, motivating, and I do hope inspiring people just like you to live your best life, to evolve into the best version of you and to create your life vision. Because like I stress in every episode and in everything I put out there, you know, you live once, live fully, grab it with both hands and make it happen because it, the power is literally in your hands to create the life you want and to become the best you that you can be. And we all should be working every day to our last breath on evolving into the best version of ourselves. That's a great opportunity that we have. On this particular episode, I'm delighted live from Sweden to have Elvis Tadlanak, who's a calisthenics athlete and trainer. He's also a musician and a writer, so multi-talented. Um, he's from Slovakia. He's currently in Sweden, in northern Sweden which looks absolutely amazing. When I see his social media posts, I'm very, very jealous. In between, he was in the UK, and that was quite an interesting part of his journey. Um, He got into martial arts at a very young age, so health and fitness became an important part for him. It became really crucial in the UK when he hit challenging times, which will definitely go into depth. And um, right now, again, he's a great example of what health and well-being and having a good mindset can do for you. And also, you know, he's a person who keeps evolving. As I'm always stressing, we need to keep evolving to the best version of ourselves. He's always looking to improve himself in terms of his mindset, his lifestyle, and he truly believes in being a good role model for others. So Elvis, welcome to the Mind Body Health podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great having you here. And um, I was privileged to be a guest in your podcast there about, what was it, maybe one, two months ago. So we had a great conversation. That was like half a year ago now. Is it half a year? Oh my God. That was just about when it started. God, it feels like it's about two months max. That's why I said a month or two. (laughs) (laughs) It just shows the way time's going. But isn't that again, like what what we'll always try to stress to people, like, you know, focus on making sure that you realize time is precious and life is precious and like it'll keep ticking and ticking and ticking. And like that, what seems like a month or two is six months. Just like even like I have a son, he's 16, he's 17 in July. To me, it feels like, literally a year or two since he was a baby so you know time moves fast and this is why like i stress to people you know live in fear of regret that's the only mm-hmm. thing to be afraid of in life is regret and so to live fully all the time so elvis um like with, when i have guests on i always like to go back right to the very start because you know there's always points in people's lives where health well-being mindset psychology all these things become important usually especially if they're living a life where now they're important there's usually a point in their life where it became important because we live in a world where people don't really take personal responsibility for their lives they don't really put as much focus on mindset and psychology and being motivated as they should be or under health and well-being because it's such a fast-paced world it's so stress-induced people have you know, a lot of time the wrong priorities for what they need so i like to go right back and see you know where did it really start for you so i know you got into martial arts i think it was at 12 years of age so, you know, what was the kind of stimulus for that? You know, what kind of role models, like what made you get into that? And, you know, how does mind, body, health, that whole area become important to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, I got into martial arts first before calisthenics, long before calisthenics, really. Uh, when I was on the age of 12. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I got bullied a little bit in school because of my name. Pretty uncommon over there. Okay. Where did the name come from, actually? Was it literally from Elvis? Did your parents yes. call you because of Elvis, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So that, so that was a source of bullying <laughs> anyway. So that was obviously yeah. a major challenge very early on. Like, what kind of age? Just when I started with elementary school, so like... Oh, that young? Six, seven, eight. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that was a difficult time in your life, for sure. 
Yeah, definitely. And I guess it impacted me in some ways in the future, in the years to come. And uh, also another thing uh, that got me in, into it was the fact that I wasn't physically very strong back then. Mm. I was never overweight in when I was a kid or anything, but I definitely didn't have any like um, genetic predisposition to strength or anything. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't like PE classes when I was at school. Yeah, you know, and uh, then uh, my dad, I found uh, two of his books that he had. They were about karate, right? So uh, when I was, I think it was like August. You know, when I was 12, so yeah, it's gonna be 20 years now. It's so mm. crazy. So I That's picked it. up those yeah. So I picked up those books and I started reading and learning some stuff. And the good thing about you know, like really old communist books, really from like the 80s or something. And the, the good thing about them, especially the first one that I picked up, was that uh, the other one as well that it wasn't just about the martial arts techniques, but also about training. So I, from the very start, I've learned that it's it's great to combine things, mm. not just doing one thing, but in that book, I've, I've learned about isotonics, isometrics, stretching, cardio, there's pretty much everything in it. You know? mm. so, so, I, so very early on, I started training and doing pretty much everything. Was it an Eastern base book in terms of like east you know east of the world like it was all of that kind of philosophies and all the different martial arts like was that kind of yeah, it was about karate okay so japanese and they you know described the history in it you know some of the philosophy yeah it was a good introduction for me really then i started taking some some classes later on a few years later uh also karate also started uh, looking into other martial arts like aikido Muay Thai a little bit, you know, and then I found Bruce Lee. Mm. So that, that was a big game changer, really, because, like, I mean, uh, your listeners, if you haven't seen any of his movies, just go watch them. I mean, his presence and I started learning about him and his martial arts and uh, about his philosophy, because he was a great philosopher. He actually studied philosophy in Seattle. Like he was your first proper inspiration, would you say, yeah? Before him, it was Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay, you were Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme fan too. Yeah, I remember yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. crazy Indeed. movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classics. Right, these two guys were super inspirational to me, and that really got me. Like, first of all, I was like, you know, 12, 13, when I saw Jean Claude Van Damme, his movies, I was like, man, I won't be like him. <laughs> you know, has a physique and the ability, you know. All the you know, all the kicks and all that stuff, so that really set me off on a better path in life. Really good, yeah. And did you find that very quickly it had a big impact on like that your confidence, self esteem, which naturally would have been hit hard when you were being bullied at six or seven? Like, did you notice that as one of the most immediate impacts, positive impacts? Definitely. a little bit more quiet maybe I'll be insecure so this was one of the first steps in overcoming that stuff you know, even 
way recent, like half a year ago. I, I just realized that I still had some stuff, you know, from the yeah. past holding me back, but it still helped a lot over the this years. Is, this is where, like, the self-growth and evolving, as I said, into the best version of ourselves is so important. Because, like you said, even, like you said, you're 32 now, I think you said, right? So even a half yeah. a year ago, there was still stuff from childhood that was still holding you back a little bit. And this is why a lot of people don't realize that, you know, the traumas we have at different ages, which we all have some form of traumas, every person has something, they still hold us back unless we totally make peace with them. And a lot of time we're not even aware that they're holding us back. So we have to keep being on a journey of self-discovery and self-awareness and self-growth. So it's like a lifelong process. Yeah, man. And the first step is becoming aware of it. Mm, totally. So that, so that was the 12, so that got you into that. And, you know, where did that kind of journey take you? Was it like doing all those kind of classes? And, you know, did you start then making improvements in other areas of your life? When you start getting mentally stronger? Like, where did it go from there? Yeah, I uh, kept it up. Because you know, it, it introduced me to totally different concepts, which if I, if I have stayed in circle of the people that, you know, I was around, I don't think I would have strived to achieve greater things in life. Mm. You know, because I was uh, looking up to Lee and Jean-Claude Van Damme, who really made a great impact on how people achieved great things, you know, influenced so many people. Uh, it first introduced me to the idea that I can achieve anything I want in life. You know? mm. Obviously, it's not easy, but it's doable. You know, mm, totally, yeah. and it's a good mindset to have. So, um, I kept uh, to find most of my knowledge uh, comes from books, right? So I kept reading, especially back then because I had no internet or anything. Yeah. So I kept uh, studying martial arts. That led me into full form of book, the books about Bruce Lee, which is. We just his quotes and his um, notes and stuff on different topics, very philosophical. So that got me introduced also to, like I said, philosophy, Jitu Krishnamurti, which was his third uh, philosopher. Then also Buddhism, Taoism. So that had a really big impact on me as well. Was that through teenage years that you were even investigating all those areas? Yeah, I think that's very good. like. Yeah, in my mid late teens. Mm. It's good that you were. It was good you were so open minded to all that stuff at such a young age. Because a lot of people go through their whole lives closed minded to it. That the minds at teenage years to be so that was a great base and foundation for you to build on for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've always been very curious, and always uh, one of the biggest questions I had is like, "What is all this about?" Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was always interested in the stuff that school didn't teach us mm. or did teach us, but they just skipped the most interesting parts and <laughs> explained it in the most boring ways. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely, definitely. You know, there's a lot that they don't teach us. We need to learn ourselves, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Very good. So, so, that, yeah, was, okay. so that, was, that was a great part of your journey is that opened your minds in terms of, you know, improving your mindset and the whole psychology mm-hmm. and philosophy and even... You know, looking at different beliefs and religions and everything, which again at that age, as I said, is is fantastic to have that open mindedness and critical thinking. Um, your the other fa- next phase that really stood out to me, you know, and it, 
know learning more about you was again like when you went to the UK and then how you went from being in quite a good position in terms of your head and your lifestyle and all to then it all kind of fell apart which first one first thing I want to go on is you know what made you move to the UK the reason I ask you that is a lot of people want to do things especially people who you know in Eastern Europe not as much now but definitely before where people needed or wanted to move away because you know it wasn't quite kind of let's say as nice of to come as it may be now back 10 20 years ago um but people would still have been afraid to move because you know people love familiarity even if there's like a nicer place they perceive to go to they still stay where they are so for you to even move to the uk was quite a brave thing to do so you know what kind of stimulated you to do it like what was your motivation and what even kind of fears did you maybe even have about leaving slovakia Well, in general, um, it's not the best, best place to live in terms of living standards. Even now, it's not that great. Yeah. Haven't been there for like ever, since I left, but still. What age did you leave, so, actually? I was um, 25, I think. Yeah. Okay. 25. Yeah. Yeah. This is 2015. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been seven years since I left. So, I was thinking about leaving. I was actually thinking first about maybe Austria, Germany, because I think my German was a bit better back days in in, in them days. And uh, so I had that idea for like maybe two years in my mind. But then there was the opportunity to go to to the UK with a friend. And the reason was I felt I'm not going to get anywhere in Slovakia. Because you know, the opportunities over there and the wages and all that stuff, it's not that great. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, for example, so, so you guys have an idea, I never earn more than 400 euros in a month. Yeah, in a month. Yeah, over there. Yeah. Obviously the, yeah. Obviously, rent is much lower over there. Mm-hmm. But the uh, prices of everything else, like food, it's a bit lower than the UK, but it's not that much of a difference. Yeah, you know? like relatively, it's actually quite expensive for the wages you're getting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and some people over there, I've heard, even my mom, when she got, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? What's the word for it? When you reach a certain age, Oh, like re- retired in the pension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. retirement. Uh, it was like maybe 200 euros. A month? A month, yeah. God, that's yeah. low. Because it's low yes. here, but that's really low. Yeah, mm. the crazy stuff. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I feel like even even back then, I, I was I already got like a certificate in self-defense. So I was able to teach. And... You know, I, I wanted to do kind of similar things that like I'm doing now. You know, do some workshops, go to schools and, you know, share all that I've learned. But it wasn't working out. And I was like, yeah. I've, yeah, there's no way forward over here for me. Mm. So then I moved to the UK. Did you move to work or to study? What was, or did you just work. go? Yeah, work. you went to so yeah. set up a job, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after after I finished grammar school, I I felt like I spent all my energy 
that I had left for learning stuff that just someone else tells me to learn. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I moved down, and uh, I thought I was quite well off. I mean, in terms of mindset on all spiritually back then, but now that I was in a different country, things changed a lot. And turns out that I didn't have all the maybe coping mechanisms in place that I should have had. So I was there and I started with some warehouse jobs, you know, like Amazon and uh, uh, some other places. Uh, I think the longest that I stayed involved with jobs was like six weeks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Freaking hated it. Yeah. So, you know, different country, jobs that you just really hate. Didn't have many friends, you know, no girlfriend. So they got me a bit depressed. Yeah. And, was and, it a mixture of all of that? Was it kind of a mixture of loneliness, being somewhere new, hating mixture. jobs, everything? Everything yeah. combined to kind of make you spiral downwards. Yeah, definitely. And somehow, for some reason, I uh, started overeating, you know, and also then trying to compensate for it by not eating, and it was just no good. So within like, yeah, when I, when I left uh, Slovakia, I was literally like similar physique, like Bruce Lee, even yeah. in terms of size and weight. Yeah, so like I had almost no body fat on me. And then I gained like within half a year over there in the UK, I gained like 20 kilos. So that was yeah. no good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even my friend was like, oh man, I barely recognize you now. I was mainly like comfort eating and stuff. Like I said, you had phases of not eating and then you'd phases yeah. of like serious comfort eating. And I suppose adjusting to the kind of UK lifestyle as well, was it? You know, in terms of like the Western lifestyle, you can nearly call it, in terms of eating. Not necessarily, because even back then I was vegan or, yeah, nearly a yeah. vegetarian. Yeah. 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 So I was allowed the traditional, you know, British foods. I've, I've never had them. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was, so it was more a quantity thing. So like you were still eating. Similar ish to what you had been, but just started eating way more and comfort eating and probably yeah. late at night, that type of thing. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that was all oh my God. Oh, yeah, worst part of my life, really. I felt weird. sometimes I felt like just not getting out of bed. Yeah, yeah, it's a dark place to get to. Yeah, that's true. But even, even throughout those days, like when I first came there, uh, this friend of mine that, you know, I came there with, he was like, hey, why don't you, you know, start working at a gym or something? And I was like, I'm on it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I started putting, uh, putting some money to the side every week. I, was, I think it was like 50, 50 pounds to get a course done. You know, so to become a fit, fitness instructor. Um, then after a few months, I you know, had the money, bought the course, started doing it. This was throughout the, you know, those six months where I gained the weight and all that stuff. So it was during and, that period. It wasn't, say, the darkness hadn't happened yet. You were doing that during the period of working and settling in and stuff like that. Yeah. But even when I was feeling down, I would, you know, still get the course done. And in the absolute worst case, I would still train 
three times a week some you know body weight stuff which is a really good thing that, that I did that so because even I was gaining weight but I was still training so my muscles were obviously adjusting to a high body weight mm. so doing that time I did build some muscle and I got stronger at least you know so that was a really good thing really and uh, for all that time I still had that in mind that me being overweight and all that stuff that's not me I can do better I will do better you know I still had you know some goals so and that's really what got me out of it knowing that I can do better just that's reminding right. yourself of that and just remind some yeah. goals you had and you had to make them happen yeah I remember imagine myself being again in good shape doing one-arm pull-ups and actually one thing I did, I got myself a T-shirt back then, you know, like a sleeveless T-shirt. It's pretty good looking. I think I still have it. <laughs> and back then, where I, you know, I had uh, excess body fat, I tried it on. It was pretty tight, but yeah. still, boy, because, you know, I was like, I'm going to get myself in shape and I'm going to look pretty good in it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it did, did happen eventually. Good. Know? So... So yeah. like ex- excess played a big part so in being that little bit of light in the darkness, if we were to say that way. This is, yeah. You know, I stress to people all the time that, you know, exercises, we need to focus on it for our mental health above all else. Of course, we want performance goals. We all want to look good, especially it's a very image conscious world. But people need to shift their mindset to being for mental health nearly first and foremost. Because, mm-hmm. you know, exercise pretty much is like medicine for your mind. You yeah, can't, definitely. You, you're guaranteed to feel better once you do exercise, even if it's only five or ten minutes. Like you can't not feel better. You might be in pain and tired, but you have to feel better. So, like, so that was one of your main things to keep a bit of light, as well as visualizing yourself so in a better shape and feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I got my uh, certificate, like after a bit more than half a year. Of being in the UK, then I quit the warehouse jobs. And I found myself a job in a gym, which came also with a lot of difficulties because the system in gyms in the UK is not the greatest when you want to work there. Yeah, but it was already a big step up, and I started slowly overcoming, you know, my eating problems and habits. I would say, and also the own. What really helped me was just getting back into eating three times a day, you know, normal meals, nothing crazy like eating once a day or something like that. Mm. Just get back to sensible lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And training on top top of it. So slowly throughout 2016, 17, you know, I think in 2017, I was already in more decent shape. In the meantime, I've learned, uh, you know, human flag, started working on one-arm pull-ups, that kind of stuff. How how long did it take, say, from you know to your darkest, lowest point to get to a point then when you felt you know reasonably good again? How long was that period of time? At least a year. Okay. Maybe a bit over a year. So about a year, perhaps. maybe a year and a quarter. Because the reason I ask is, you know, people again are always looking at the where can I get this mad leap? Like in general in life, not to mind just when you're in a dark time, but it's always looking for the magic, looking for something that changes things overnight. 
like you went on a journey from being very, very dark and low, not even want to get out of bed to feeling reasonably okay, not perfect, but reasonably okay with yourself. And it took a year. And it was all based again on small steps, doing some bit of exercise three times a week to keeping your mind some bit primed, keeping tipping away at your fitness course when you could easily not have done any of it, but you kept going, visualizing your goals. So it was all, they were all little steps that basically culminated in you getting out of it eventually. And I think this is what people need to realize. You know, when you're in a bad place, you just have to think, okay, what's the next positive thing I can do? Just one little thing. And that then will kind of give you that bit of empowerment to go on to another one and another one and just gain some momentum. So it's great. It's actually a good thing that your journey, you know, took that phase of time because most people would think, you know, a week, a month or whatever, like you can't just change things that fast and especially for it to kind of permanently change, you know, um, you know, as you look back on that phase of your life, do you see that now as something that has really played a huge part in making you who you are right now and that you learned lots of lessons from it? Oh yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be here without it. Because again, that's another thing that people need to again realize. It's all self-awareness that you know the dark time, like life is a journey. Life is going to have good times and bad times, but it's actually the challenging bad dark times that make us if we're open to the growth that it offers and learn the lessons from it. Otherwise, we just keep going in and out of the same thing, where that be with weight loss or depression or whatever it may be. You know, what what do you feel are the biggest lessons you did learn from that phase of your life? You know, where in what ways has it stood to you? Well, you know, as a personal trainer, definitely it's it makes it easier to train our people and help them when you experience it yourself rather than just learning from books or something. And overall, overall definitely show me that I just got to keep going no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Like it definitely gives you more empathy. It's like you're saying they're reclined. Too, like, yeah. At least you can understand where they're coming from. And this is where yeah. textbooks can only teach you so much. Courses, they're just bits of paper at the end of the day. Like it's real life experience, especially personal experience. It's very, very powerful. Because I'd be the same. I would have had very dark times in my life. And I would point to them as what really gives me the kind of qualities that I have right now that can help other people. Mm -hmm. mm. Like I said, you just got to keep going. Don't give up. You know? And like you were saying, even but even like years ago, even more so now, like when I look back, like even all the bad stuff that happened, I'm like, yeah, it was the best thing that could have happened to me. No, yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. And that's really true. Even if it's if it's not true, it's still a good thing to you know keep in mind. Like even when, when you're in the middle of something, like, okay, what is this teaching me? Yeah. What can yeah. I take out of it? Yeah. And kind of, again, having a mindset that everything happens for a reason. So even though mm -hmm. something's hard to go through, there's a purpose. You may not see it then, but you should see it at some stage. Because it's like everything. It's like every day we make thousands of decisions and choices. Every single one of them leads to something else. So the way you reacted to that time determined what happened next and next and next right up to this exact second. Another person in the exact same situation could be dead now from alcoholism or heroin overdose or something. Whereas you've turned it around to now use that to your advantage to help other people. And like I'm I'm sure like since that time, you know, you've had times when you've started to flee back into a bit of darkness. Cause look, life is never rosy. There's always challenging times. And we've even spoken of some of them that you've had in the last few years. 
but I'm sure that experience has made you stronger and better able to cope with it and give you the belief that you can get out of it and to accept it. Look, this is life. I'm going to have a bit of a dark time. What do I do next to get out of it? Like, do you feel it's kind of helped you in that way? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, the second lowest power man was kind of like from the start of the pandemic up until almost on the time when we did our podcast. Mm. So seven, eight months ago. Yeah. Because when all this stuff happened, that also triggered some stuff, you know, for my past, which I only just managed to overcome and become aware of it, you know, like half a year ago. Yeah. So like for 2019, things were getting a lot better, you know, like, uh, it's one time as we met, wasn't it? Yeah. They yeah. are talking Brighton where we met. Exactly. It was 218, 219, something like that. Yeah. 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 Early 2019. Then later in 2019, I did uh, this uh, pull up challenge for a charity in Doncaster. So it was World Ment- Mental Health Day. And uh, I wanted to actually do it in the town center, in the like a main shopping, ho- shopping mall. But they were like, oh, there's not enough space for like a pull-up bar. And I was like, really? <laughs> you actually have multiple cars in, in, in there. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Whatever. I did it in a gym. You know, was, you know, some nice people helped me out. And I, I did 2,000 pull-ups in six and a half hours. Oh, you know, I raised some, raised some money for a mental health charity. Do you know of David Goggins? Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, so that was one of the inspirations, I imagine. So yeah, he did, he did for, something for, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the years, there were also other people that I started looking up to, and uh, I think for 2015, it was a ritual. I started reading. Yeah, there was the first book that I bought in the UK. His book. Yeah, uh, Finding find, Ultra. Find an Ultra, yeah, good book. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Later on, I found also uh, David Goggins. So I think because uh, what was his again? Is it thirteen thousand pull-ups in twenty-four hours or something? It was crazy, and he, he did, did it three times. He has the world record. He did four thousand to break the world record back then. I think oh, someone yeah. someone did eight thousand or something in twenty-four hours since then. But oh yeah, he did break the record on third attempt. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, he he that's it. The previous attempts had like totally destroyed his arm, his hands, like no skin, nothing. And, he was still kept going and he didn't even have a long period of time in between the, the time the, his second last time and the time he actually succeeded. So his hands hadn't even repaired, but again, he's like a, a mind monster, really. He's got no he barriers. <laughs> yeah, first time I think he went into abdo. So when you know your body starts breaking down muscles and stuff. Yeah. Second time he yeah, ripped his hand in pieces basically. Yeah, and it's, it was you look at it, and it's like this doesn't happen just in one pull up or so. Yeah, like, he must have kept on going for ages. Yeah, and then he finally managed. Yeah, <laughs> crazy stuff. Yeah, but that was a hell of an achievement for you. And again, I'm sure even that in itself, you know, I'm sure it inspired others to do better in themselves. This where like we each have a role in having a positive impact on others. So whoever witnessed you doing that, even if you only watched you doing. 50 pull-ups like that will have stood in their mind and who knows when that might kind of get them to do something when they otherwise might bother so like we all have this vital role that so so many people undervalue their possibility you know possibility to 
have a positive impact on others, but we all can. You don't have to be some guru or expert or some famous person to inspire others. You can just be, again, what we see as a normal person, just doing something that's kind of pushing themselves. Yeah, exactly. And you never, never know who's watching, really. Hmm. Even fairly, fairly recently, I had some people reaching out to me. They were like, yeah, we really like your podcast or I bought your book and I really liked it. I was like, really? Like, I never saw them like anything yeah. or follow me or any of that stuff. No comments. But they were still watching and, you know, they like my work and found value in it. So, yeah, you never know. Yeah. No, and that's so nice to get them because I know what you mean. It's sometimes you can wonder, you know, is it worth it? Is it making an impact? Because a lot of people just consume stuff. They don't necessarily engage or react. Mm-hmm. So when you get messages like that, it reminds you, actually, you know, there's a lot of people actually watching and they might engage, but sure enough, they're still watching us. They still can have an impact. So, you know, when we lead again with the right mentality, which I know you totally do, where you genuinely want to make a positive impact by the way you live your life, you know, it's, it's good for us to keep ourselves on track because we need to do it for ourselves, but also, you know, we're mindful of we're having an impact on other people too, which really everyone should be trying to do in some way because then it'd be quite a, a hell of a lot more positive world and world based a lot more in love than hatred, which most of the time it is, unfortunately. Yeah. Love is the answer. Exactly. Exactly. So that was fantastic. And where did things go from there? What are the kind of things you do in the UK before moving to Sweden? And then what kind of, what was your, again, motivation to move to Sweden? Mm-hmm. Right. So after the pull up challenge, I also did like a talk and workshop in London. Just pretty good, and then I had some things in mind to do after the pull up challenge and change challenge and all. But then 2020 hit, I got ill in like January or so, and I was ill for like a month, you know, coughing a lot. That's I have no idea whether it was COVID or not because officially back then there was like maybe one or two people in the hospital with it. Mm. In Doncaster, so who knows? Well, I got over, got through it without any issues. And uh, that really threw me off for a while. And then, you know, the lockdown started. Uh, so that was really no good. And after a while, you know, after months of lockdowns and all that, it started really like a joke at first. Like, let's move to Sweden, <laughs> you know? Mm. Yeah. I was saying to my girlfriend at that time. And then it became more and more serious. Because yeah. you know, over here it was like from the from the moment I came, came here in 2021, I literally had like a normal life here. Yeah. The Sweden uh, was so different. Exactly. Yeah. That, that was that was something that for people who really looked into, like Sweden was definitely a place that stood out. Like it was it was like it was a different world. It was yeah, it's kinda, so it's, different everywhere else. Yeah, it's kind of like Florida and Texas these days. You yeah, know, it's just open, and in terms of COVID deaths and all that stuff, it's just average. You know, yeah, they yeah. make things worse or anything. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So that was a big part of your movement, just to get away from the kind of such the massive negativity and fear mongering and propaganda, yeah. which it was without a doubt to a certain a large degree, even. But to get out of that and lockdowns and your life being restricted, it was to get your freedom back, basically. Exactly. I didn't want to be criminalized for seeing my friends or something. You know, yeah. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Totally. So that was a big part of it. But there were also other things like I did never really got into the culture of the British people. You know, it's not my thing really. Nothing against them. Met some nice people there, but don't vibe with, with that country really that much. Yeah. Yeah. And the reaction to the pandemic and all that stuff, they just made things worse. And, you know, when it comes to Sweden, I do prefer continental Europe, to be honest, in terms of culture and everything. And it was great as a decision, at least for me to do so. Because mm. really, everything I wanted to achieve is just going happening now. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh-huh. it. Like you had a lot of visions that have happened since you moved to Sweden, which is great. Yeah. Doesn't just show again the power of energy. Yeah. yeah. What, what were things you found difficult at the start? You said that it wasn't easy. What kind of things were the yeah. challenge for you? Again, you know, different country. Yeah, the country has set of its own challenges. But I think the the main takeaway or the thing that I was supposed to learn here was to overcome overcome some more more stuff from the past. Mm. You know, in terms of uh, becoming really self-sufficient and uh, overcoming some trauma from the past. Because in my family, there was a lot of trauma, as I found out, you know, even thanks to my podcast. Mm. <laughs> it's funny how you know, there are certain things you have on, on your mind and suddenly you have a guest who just talks about that, you know, and you yeah. learn about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's where the energy so, is, like, you know, where your energy is going, you're attracting it. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I had a lot to learn because, like I said, in my family, I mean, you know, there was the issue of, like, three generations of my family went through communism, pretty much. And, like, in case of my dad, for example, when he was stationed in Czechia for his compulsory military training, one of his friends decided to run away to Austria with a machine gun. Yeah, so he got in trouble for that, mm. got interrogated, and who knows what, what happened to him over there. Yeah. Then, uh, so after that, he obviously couldn't go study or anything, even though his dad was like in the party and everything. Then my mom was uh, abused by her mom when she was like two years old. So I literally strapped in a chair, getting beaten up and you know and my dad he also had issues with his with money you know it was always like oh, things are no matter what i do it's not working out yeah so that obviously affected me in some ways of course you know? yeah the environment you grew up in has such an impact on us yeah it's, it's freaking crazy so that was something to work on you know and it was like when I first came here, like things weren't working out. It's like it was kind of like not yet, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> until, until things just come came crashing down. And that's when yeah, all the things that I've learned from the past. Now was the time to use it, you know. Because I was at one point in September or so, I was just totally alone here. I had no money. I had no social security number, so nothing to fall back onto. And technically, I could have gotten deported because I overstayed a little bit. You know, you can, as a EU citizen, you can stay for up to half a year searching for a job. Hmm. I was here a bit longer. Yeah. 
right? So not a good situation. In, but I said to my you know, my ex when she was leaving, she was like, "Oh man, you should go. To, you should basically play it safe and go back to UK. You know, you got something to fall back onto over there." But I was like, "Hell no, I'm not going back there. Hmm. I'm going to make it work over here." Yeah, you were determined right. to make it work. Yeah, and I found my way. You know, hmm. whatever things that that were that needed sorting, I did so. You know, in fact, like. Uh, Getting a social security number over here takes up to half a year. Once you finally get the paperwork and everything done, it's not not that Good. easy. That long. I got my social security number after one week of applying. Yeah, one week. Gosh. Yeah, you must have fired some good energy at them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly, one of the really most impactful things that I've learned, especially recently. That really turned things around me it was learning about manifestation and the law of attraction, which we talked about together yeah. on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that was a total game changer. Yeah, you know, visualizing things, feeling, being in the in the state of the wish, wish fulfilled. I mean, yeah. I, I was in the past. I was a bit resistant to it, even though I kept meeting people who would bring it up and who were into it i was like hmm i'm not sure if that could really work but it does yeah yeah totally yeah. and it's just tying that in then with the energy energy you know it's like abundance mindset and manifestation yeah. and visualization and what you want and you need to attach good belief to it and put out the right energy and you know like anything we're human so we'll have times or things or people who nearly take us back a little then we have to address that and bring our emotional state back to you know a level and being too high or too low so you know it's it's not easy but it, it it works and it can work so damn fast it's like even with that you clearly put out the right energy for that to come about for it to come about in a week is just amazing but this is what happens when people truly believe in it and they truly act on it it's like with everything actions all accounts like for you you could have taken the easy option like what most people do in life and for you at that time it could have been to go back to the uk that would have been the easy option. He said, no, I don't want to go back to life. It's a step backwards. What do I do next to step forward? And how can I you know, continue myself growth and improve my energy? And like that, you got into law of attraction, manifestation stuff. And now look what's happened in a short period of time. Like even when all your podcast has come about and other things that you're doing and you were telling me about your music and you know, your book and everything. So, and now you're nice and settled there and you're, you're, yeah. happy, you're much happier than you were. Whereas you could have just ended up going back to UK like most people would have chosen because it was a less fearful route. That would have been a, probably one of the biggest failures yeah. in my life if I yeah. would have gotten, gotten went back there. Yeah, It could have defined the rest of your life. And this is where, again, yeah. every single decision we make is leading to something. And you deciding to go back could have just left you in a bad place the rest of your life and said you staying and fighting for what you truly wanted and your vision has now put you in a much better place and you're on a, you know, the right way of your journey now. doesn't mean you're going to not have challenges. You're going to. We all are having challenges throughout life. That's what helps us to grow. But at least, you know, you're learning more about you all the time and you're creating a life that you want to live. Just fantastic. It's a great example of how this stuff works. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, even, even the small things, like, for example, it's small, kind of silly, but... I have you know, a folder in my phone with certain things that I want in my life, you know, whether it's 
you know, things like uh, specific guitar, for example. So I had it there, you know, I would look at it every now and then. And then I have a second folder where I take picture from the first one and then put it together with an actual picture once I, once I got the thing. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that second folder keeps filling up. <laughs> excellent, excellent. You know, like, including the guitar that you see in the background. Yeah. I, I wanted that one for quite a while and I just got it. Finally. Yeah. And this is the thing, like for everyone, like whether it be something that's physical like that, or a life experience, or some it can success, be anything. Yeah, it could be anything, and we have to keep visualizing it happening until it does. So act as if, and truly build that belief. And look, when you start off wanting something, it's a little bit hazy in your mind. Like you're not going to have a perfect hundred percent belief visualization, but you have to do it at least. Then it becomes a practice, and then it becomes normal. Then you actually expect it to happen, and then it does happen. So it, it this is where like I'm always stressing, we have to keep evolving into a best version of ourselves. We have to keep looking at how can we evolve more. Like in those last six, seven months, part of your evolving has been to really embrace law of attraction and manifestation. Mm-hmm. And look at all that's happened, even just like that little things. So, you know, people have to keep looking at where can they grow and improve and, you know, ultimately create the life they want because they can. Yeah. It was a lot about looking inside me and figuring out what's holding me back. Yeah, you know, all the traumas and that kind of stuff. Because, like you said earlier, everyone has something in them, something that's holding back some trauma from past. And you know, if you if you don't figure it out, don't overcome it. Things come crashing down on you, and then you will have to figure it out. Yeah, totally. It's a, and it's unfortunate for most people that you know they're not open minded to a lot of this stuff that helps because they do stay stuck in a life that's you know defined by the traumas unfortunately you know and it's like the poor me mentality and you know it, it's it's no different than any of those things you know it's like even you know people might be born with you know one leg let's say one two people one may become a massive motivational speaker who just ends up doing marathons of prosthetic legs and all the other person again becomes like an alcoholic who just feels sorry for themselves their whole life and dies when they're 40 or 50 miserable so, you know, again, it's our decisions all the time that define us and define our current reality and what happened to us in the past and what's going to happen to us in the future. And people need to start embracing this. Exactly. You are in charge of your life. Hmm. And one of the worst things that we have right now going on is this crazy victim mentality. Hmm. Like you said, it's, I mean, something bad happens to you. You can blame everyone else for it, or you can just take charge and make make it into an advantage. Yeah, we have a role in everything. Like everything that happens, yeah. small or big, even if it's bad, what happened to us, and other people may have done something bad to us, we still allowed them into our lives. So even if that's our only involvement, that's still an involvement. So we always are in control. We always are the ones creating our reality. So. I think that that's probably the biggest thing that people need to do because too many people don't. Like they don't like take a personal responsibility for their lives. Even just go back to the waiting. People overweight and they blame genetics, they blame their thyroids, they blame their bloody grandparents, they blame something. And look, these things have a little role to play. Of course, genetics have a bit of a role, of course, if you've underactive thyroid. But why did you get an underactive thyroid? You know, like there's always something you can do to improve, and there's always a reason why you got to that point same as diseases and everything so we have to start taking responsibility for everything in our lives that's i think the most important step for people 
So, so what, what kind of things are you manif- looking to manifest now in the coming weeks and months and years? What, what, are, what What's in store for Elvis? Well, definitely working on my business, really. I'm looking into uh, doing more workshops again. That's something I really want to do. Uh, but it's calisthenics it's also more getting, getting more into the mindset, power, uh, you know, side of things. Then, uh, yeah, like I said, keep writing my music. So that's going to come soon as well. Yeah, very good. And uh, Work on your passions, basically. Like, there are, like you love calisthenics, you love martial arts, you love guitar, you love writing. Like again, yeah. your life is becoming your passion, which at the end of the day, again, we all have the power to make our passions our life. And that's what you're turning it into when you go back. It's not that long ago working in warehouses, hating life, basically. Yeah, it's a big difference. And you just gotta enjoy life at the end of the day. You know, do more of, more of what you love. You know, for me, it's these things. For you, it might be something else, but just go do it. And like you were saying, that some people just stay where they are, don't take the leap forward. It's most of the time they are, some people say they are afraid of the unknown, but it's many times they're afraid of losing the known what they know totally but have you seen the movie interstellar yeah 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 there was a good quote that the only way how people ever figured out how to get somewhere was to leave something behind yeah it's so true yeah yeah exactly but like you said unfortunately people prefer to stay in what's familiar and they fear step into the unknown but the ironic thing is like they see stepping into the unknown as a risk when the reality is the risk is really staying where you are because you're risking wasting your life because you wouldn't want to step forward. You wouldn't even be looking at this new thing unless you weren't happy where you were. So the ironic thing is the people are not, they're living in fear. They're not taking risks in vertical commas, but they're actually risking everything by staying where they are. That's the whole irony of it, you think, you know? So it, it gets another kind of awakening people need to get and I suppose like just a light bulb moment that just will hit people at certain times and that's where again like us through our lives the way we live what we say what we do hopefully sometime we'll just spark that into somebody that's where again everyone has the power to impact other people positively exactly and everything you want in life is outside of your comfort zone everything mm-hmm. yeah exactly and it's um, no different it's like professional athletes singers musicians you know actors whoever you know business people they're they're just people they were once three four-year-old children just running around carefree not a a worry in the world and like this is what people need to see instead of seeing people on these big huge pedestals start to see actually you know what that's a normal person they were like me one day they just took action that's all they could have done that's any different so you know instead of putting them on pedestals see them again as inspirations and to stir you into action instead because yeah. we live in a world that's so based on idols and celebrities and looking up to people and literally spending your life consuming other people's lives as opposed to making your own life be what it can be and just being inspired by what other people are doing yeah that's that's why i'm so glad that i had the almost i had when i was younger you know like jean-claude van damme mm-hmm. like compared to the celebrities so these days i mean yeah. <laughs> so much better that guy yeah he also like when he came to to the u.s he also has pretty much nothing he said that at some point he had to steal food yeah you know, when it was there and it took him five years from the moment that he came to the u.s 
till he, till he got the role in Bloodsport, which... Where's he from good. originally, actually? So I don't know. Huh? Where's he from originally? Belgium. Oh, Belgium. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I wasn't sure. Just thinking I didn't even know. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, it took him five years. But even during those five years or when he first came to the US, when someone asked him, like, what does he do or where is he? He was like, I'm a movie star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Act, so acting, the, acting as if. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he would go on doing some kicks and splits in Sylvester Stallone's garden or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. It, but it's, it's not giving up and having that vision. Same as like you mentioned there, Sylvester Stallone. Like he was rejected and rejected and rejected. Like, there's a great video of him telling a story on YouTube, I think I saw years ago, but he was rejected constantly because again, he didn't sound good, didn't want to be in a movie. Then he wrote mm-hmm. the script for Rocky and they kept rejecting it or they said, We'll only take it on if you're not in it. And he says, no, I'm in it. And he kept at them and at them and at them. And eventually he found whatever director to take it on. And he's the main actor. And now look at him. Like, look at the career he's had. You know, yeah. Schwarzenegger would be similar. You know, people who reject. I was just thinking of him. Yeah. Constant rejection. And then he ends up being like a governor of California eventually, which is pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. I remember him saying that, you know, the... Uh, People from the studios, they were like, "Oh man, you have a terrible ocean, a German or what kind of accent? Yeah. Your your name, I mean, that's just horrible. People won't even know how to pronounce it, <laughs> you know." But he turned it around into his favor. Yeah, just wouldn't give up. And this is the thing about people who yeah. succeed in any area of life, like whether you're at the very pinnacle like that, or even just someone local who achieves something, you know, in business or athletics or whatever it might be. The bottom line is you have to have a vision and you have to believe it's going to happen. You have to literally never give up, like never stop knocking on the door. And the lesson for people is even if you don't get to exactly where you want to be, you're going to get somewhere by having that attitude. And you're going to have a far more fulfilling life than, again, regretting that, oh, I should have tried this or I should have tried that. I should have taken that chance. So, you know, just go for it. Because what have you got to lose anyway? Like you do have your life to lose. Like that's, again, the irony that people are literally losing their lives, risking their lives to not step into the unknown. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. We all have tremendous poten- potential in us. Yeah. So let's make use of it. Exactly. And also, life is not a sprint. You can't make things happen. Usually, in some cases you do, but usually it's about being persistent. It's like more like a marathon, really. It's got to yeah. keep going. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's another important thing. Like we were saying earlier about people looking for quick fixes or the magic blueprint and stuff like that doesn't work that way. Like Mm -hmm. one in a million might find some magic step like that, but for the vast majority, you have to be persistent and you have to keep consistent and you have to be determined and overcome obstacles and take the upsets and the knockbacks and just keep going and going and going and get there eventually, you know, tell us about the recent challenge you did because it was pretty amazing what you did. Great to see how well you did and did it for a great cause. So tell everyone about what you did recently. Oh, yeah. I did another challenge yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. So a friend of mine from the UK, he just invited him into a group on Facebook. And so I opened it. So it was like uh, for shelter in the UK who work with homeless, homelessness issues and all that. So they were doing this challenge where the participants would do 100 push-ups every day for the entirety of April. So altogether, 3,000 push-ups. And when I saw it, I was like, I can do it in one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just like I did those 2,000 pull-ups in the past, in 2019, 
make into like you know get raise some funds and you know hopefully inspire someone so i was like i'm on it because i was thinking about doing something like something crazy like that again anyway so now now there was an opportunity so let's do it so i started doing loads of push-ups which i normally i don't when training you know the classical standard push-up i don't do much of it like yeah. uh, i usually do a harder progressions so but i started doing that so over the course of six weeks well it was seven weeks but then i had a, a cold and i had a pain in my elbow so that uh, took me took me out for a week or so so i had like six weeks to prepare myself for it and i did eight and a half thousand push-ups in training for it and then i did three thousand push-ups in one day in like five hours or so excellent that's some going because i saw like that your training program what you'd done like that the eight and a half thousand push-ups so it's pretty tough going yeah so it was like eleven and a half thousand push-ups in six weeks or so yeah yeah but again shows it can be done it's just again having that vision deciding what you want to do having a bit of passion behind it like you were very passionate about raising money for this very important cause, especially now more than ever, where homelessness is getting like it's getting off the charts and it's going to get way worse, unfortunately. That's just the way things are going to go. So, like at least you had a big, a big why and a bit of you know passion behind it. So that really spurred you on. That's why we have to again have purpose. It's very hard to achieve anything unless you have purpose. That's why you can live your passions, decide what you love to do, decide what impact you want to have, and let that be the fire in your belly when you don't feel like doing things. I'm sure there's many of those days in those six, seven weeks where you didn't want to do any push-ups. But you knew you had to, because otherwise the end goal ain't going to happen. Yeah, even more when I was doing those, those push-ups. Because like I said, I don't do usually high reps and you know doing hundreds of reps of one exercise. And these kinds of things, like training for the pull-up challenge in the past or now for this. For 2020, 2021, I haven't done much of it. You know, so fairly short amount of time. So whilst I was doing it, those three thousand push-ups on that day, somewhere like after one point one thousand push-ups, my elbow started aching. So I had issues while straining with it as well. Kept going, you know. Then halfway through, or maybe around seventeen hundred push-ups in or so. Uh, my triceps started cramping up so like mm. when i when i had my arm extended you know just straight it would yeah. just tense up yeah so i had to like pull it back like this again to just relax it so i had started taking longer breaks in between sets you know but i just kept going yeah same with yeah, with the pull-up challenge and despite all that much managed to finish it yeah no it's a great yeah, I just achievement had to, you know? yeah that's it and that's the way it has to be again it just has to happen you have yeah. to get to that end goal and that's it so it's that determination you know and desire so you know it was fantastic it was great to see and you know well done you on that you know and you. again for a great cause which is important that's like i've said you know you, you you live a life where you genuinely want to make a positive impact like you lead from your heart and this is what we need we need more people like this in the world and to set you more coming it's just it needs to happen faster you know, because it, yeah. society, societal conditioning and the world at large, 
and the lifestyle people have has just created so much kind of, I don't know, like selfishness, self-absorption, you know, all that side of things, hatred and division and so on. So we have to, again, do things that are going to help to create positive energy and create love and all that type of thing. And that's how, you know, we can make this a better place to be. And we all have, again, the power to have that impact by simple gestures. Like I always tell people, even just something as simple as smiling at someone. Like for many, many years, I purposely, as I'm, if I'm ever outside and passing people, I'll always smile at them or say hello or nod or something, acknowledge. And my son used to always say to me, why are you doing that when you be with me? You know, because a lot of time they mightn't acknowledge back. And I'm sure you never know the impact of that. That one little smile, nod, acknowledgement, whether they acknowledge you or not, could transform their day. Because sometimes we just need that little spark just to feel that we're actually noticed. Because especially if we're in a darkish kind of place, we're feeling like we're not noticed. We're feeling like we don't matter. And if someone gives you acknowledgement, that can change your day. So we never know what little actions we do. Like people following your, what you do with the push-ups or the pull-ups. How many people have gone on to do some form of a challenge like that or even just start training? And if they do that, then what does that do to their lives? And someone's seen them do it, they then start and so on and so on. So it's like a domino effect. This is why you know, if we all start doing things with the right intentions and to have a positive impact on others, you know, things can change pretty damn fast. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. The culture that we live in uh, tells it marginalizes people. It tells us that we we are just like a clog in a machine. We don't really matter, and it then diminishes us. It takes away the power from people. But the fact is, we can do a lot of great things, and we can be impactful. And we can do good things for others. Mm. You know, totally, totally. You know, it's what we have to do. When people want to find out more about you or follow your stuff, where's the best place for them to go? I'm mostly active on Instagram, really. So uh, it's uh, elvis.healthandfitness. Otherwise, uh, I got my website, lifeofelvis.com. And uh, yeah, those are the two main ones. I got also a new Instagram for my music and art. Uh, book uh, Elvis Art and Music but everything's on my website really yeah. and your podcast of course as well Life of Elvis so. yes yeah that's Good also on my, on my thank you it's also on my website yeah. like I said everything that I do is on there yeah. and uh, the the podcast it's on YouTube and Noambo so you can also find me under Elvis Health and Fitness on yeah. YouTube yeah you're getting some great guests you know and very kind of you know oh, yeah. you know um areas that people aren't even uh, as much aware of as they should be and exploring even inverted commas again controversial kind of areas which is great so i love again some of the topics you've had on because these are areas that people have to become more aware of and more open-minded to and again go into some of the podcasts with an open mind and see what they think afterwards so i'm um, no you're doing, some, you're doing some great work with the podcast i'll include all the links and everything to elvis on the show notes anyway and in very the promo of the podcast so you know, just check out the show notes if you want to check out Elvis across social media or see his website link or link to his podcast. Make sure you check them out because, as I said, some great information and he's a great role model and he's leading with his heart, which is what matters. That's why he's on this podcast because I only have people on who I can relate to and people who are genuinely making a difference and who are doing it genuinely to help people versus for their own gain. So Elvis, look, it's been great to have you on the My Body Head podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you as always. You know, you're doing amazing work and um, just keep it going. Yeah, thank you. It's great talking to you again. 
So, guys, that's the end of this episode of the Mind Body Health Podcast. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and review where you can, depending on where you're listening to this. Um, share this out there far and wide because people need to get these kind of messages. Like we're living at a time now when more than ever positivity is needed. And we need to get more and more positivity out there. And like I was saying a while ago, just give even even that just tiny spark to someone that could completely change just their day or may completely change the trajectory of their entire life. So this is the power of even just moments of something that we may have said in this podcast. So you can help other people by even just sharing this podcast. So share it out there and um, keep letting me know your feedback, keep recommending guests and keep enjoying it as well as all the various content I put out every day across social media. So take care, have a good day. And remember, it's in your hands, the power's in your hands to evolve into the best version of you, to live the life you want. And remember, you're creating a reality every single day. Take action, focus on that.